Hey, wanted to let you know that I have a new book coming out. Redeeming Productivity, Getting More Done for the Glory of God is coming out October 4th. The world says be productive so that you can get all you can out of this life. The Bible says be productive so you can gain more of the next life. Redeeming Productivity reveals the theological foundations for leading an effective life according to God's word. And it also shows you five highly actionable practices so you can start being a better steward of your time and energy for the glory of God. If you like this podcast, I'm confident you're going to love this book. Once again, Redeeming Productivity comes out on October 4th, but you can pre-order it right now on Amazon or moodypublishers.com. Real quick, I just wanted to thank you for listening to the podcast. If you are a return listener, would you do me a favor and rate and review the show? We're trying to reach more believers with productivity from a Christian worldview, and your reviews help people discover the show. So if you would just take a minute and give the show a rating, give it a quick review, I would really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Are you happy? Do you think that you'd be happier if you had a little bit more? Maybe a bigger house, maybe more money, better job? different relationships. What would it take to make you happy? Today, I want to talk about the subject of contentment and Christians. Why is it so hard to be content? I want to show you a simple biblical framework for disconnecting your circumstances from your happiness, which is really what contentment is. Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. On this show, we examine the world of personal productivity through the lens of a biblical worldview to help you better steward your time, energy, resources, and talents for the glory of God. So a while back, I saw this thing on Bloomberg where they said that 36% of people who were making $250,000 per year or more were living paycheck to paycheck. And I don't know what economic bracket you're in, but to me, a quarter million dollars a year seems like a fair chunk of change to only be scraping by. Like, how is it even possible that a third of people making that much money per year are barely making it? But actually, it's even worse than that because they went on to say that 64% of all Americans were living paycheck to paycheck. That's a lot of people just barely making it. And so, yeah, we could point to a lot of factors. We could blame the economy. Of course, right now I'm recording this in 2022. Inflation is insane. I think that's a big factor right now. But the thing is, this is always the case. Across economic brackets, the majority of people live paycheck to paycheck. Whether your paycheck is really small or really big, tons of people are barely making it. And now that's all Americans, but even when I look at Christians, it seems like we are subject to the same sort of pull. Our lifestyle inflates to meet our income. And so I think we need to do more than just blame the economy or, or blame certain politicians. We really need to start by looking inward. So in a moment, I'm going to show you some biblical principles for how to cultivate contentment in your own life. But first, I want to talk about the subject of lifestyle inflation. What is that? Lifestyle inflation is when your spending expands along with your income. So you get a raise at work, you have some windfall of cash, and so you spend it. You, you get a more expensive car, you get a bigger house. And so you're always right on the brink of spending almost everything that you are taking in. And basically what's happening in lifestyle inflation is we are redefining the word need to make it coextensive with the word afford. 
if I can afford it, then I need it. And the tricky thing is like, why do we have this compulsion to constantly adjust our lifestyle upward even to the very brink of what we can sustain financially. Again, this is not an economics problem. The truth is we have a contentment problem. We always struggle to be satisfied with what we have. But contentment, if we can learn it, is the ultimate superpower. It's the ultimate life hack because contentment allows you to decouple your joy from your circumstances. And it is an incredibly valuable mindset for a believer in Jesus Christ to have. Jeremiah Burroughs, who was a Puritan, he wrote this great book, and the title of it is The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment. I love that. It's a rare jewel. It's precious. If you can learn to be content, you will be a very rich person, even if you aren't a very rich person. Because here's the deal. Content people, they find their happiness in Christ, not in their stuff. Content people rejoice in all circumstances. Content people give generously to those in need. They don't just hoard it all for themselves. And content people don't grumble when things go badly because they know that their happiness is not built on the foundation of their stuff. It's built on their foundation of their relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, so how do we learn contentment? Well, here's a great place to start. If you want to learn contentment, focus on these three truths. The first one is Paul's secret. So the Apostle Paul, he wrote that he knew how to be content in every situation. He says in Philippians 4, 11, and 12, he had learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. Whether he was rich, he had lots of stuff at his disposal, or he had nothing, he had learned the secret. And what was the secret? Comes in Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. A lot of times you see people cite that verse, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And they're talking about it in terms of well, how can I uh, accomplish my dreams and, and make big things happen for myself. Look, that's not what it's about. That verse, Philippians 4.13, is about contentment. The, the power to be satisfied, to be happy, to have joy, whether you have a bunch or you have very little. And the secret to contentment that Paul is talking about is the sanctifying and satisfying power of Jesus Christ. If you walk with the Lord, you will know contentment no matter your external circumstances. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. I just wanted to pause briefly and let you know that Redeeming Productivity is also on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. It's just my name, Reagan Rose. And if you search that or Redeeming Productivity, you will find more videos on productivity from a Christian worldview. I love podcasting. I've been doing it for years, but there are some concepts and especially how-to things that are hard to get across in a purely audio format. So over on the YouTube, I do things like demoing different software, showing you how to do different Bible study methods, and even just breaking down high-level productivity concepts in a much more visual way. So if you're a fan of the podcast, I think you're going to love the YouTube channel as well. Just search Reagan Rose on YouTube to find the channel and to subscribe. Thanks, and let's get back into the episode. The second truth you want to focus on if you want to learn to be content is Jesus' promise. So in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 5, the author tells his readers, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. That's what we want, right? I don't want to love money. I don't want to stake my happiness on stuff. He's saying instead, you want to be content with whatever you have. But how, how do you do it? Well, he gives a reason. He says this really simple reason. Here's how this is possible for you to be content and not love money. 
for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that an interesting thing to, to pin contentment on? He's saying the reason you can be content is because Jesus will never abandon you. And in fact, this is the same promise that Moses encouraged the Israelites with on the plains of Moab when the great and fearsome task of conquering the promised land stood before them. He was saying, don't be afraid. God is with you. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You can be content because God will never leave you or forsake you. Like that's profound. That should blow your mind. If being reminded of the presence of God can steal an army before battle, surely it can give us the courage to be satisfied with what God has given us instead of constantly feeling that we have to have more in order to be happy. Because the truth is, God has given us the most precious thing of all, and that is himself. If you are a Christian, you know Christ. You are united with Christ. You have his Holy Spirit dwelling within you, and your greatest treasure is in heaven. When you get to meet him face to face, you are rich. You're insanely rich, eternally loaded. And so being discontent because you don't have earthly things here seems silly in comparison. So that's why you remember this second truth, the promise of Jesus that he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Okay. And the third truth that you need to remember in order to be content is your inheritance. So one of the greatest antidotes to dissatisfaction is dwelling on what is promised to us in Christ Jesus. Because here's the thing, no matter how good your present circumstances are, if you're living in a mansion, you have a perfect marriage, you your, your job is paying you incredibly well, you have the best cars, no matter how good your life is right now in earthly terms, what's coming is so much better for the Christian and so much more reliable. Paul says in 1 Timothy 6, 17, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy, right? Don't set your hope on the uncertainty of riches. It can all be gone in one bad bet. It can all be gone when our economy tanks. Don't put your hope there, put it on God. And no matter how bad your present circumstances, what's coming is so much better than even the best the world can offer to you. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. What's he saying? He's saying that whatever you're facing in comparison to the glory that you're going to have, comparison to the, the eternal inheritance you have, it's light. If you put those things on a scale, even being burnt to death at the stake is a little thing compared to the glory that's waiting for you. So the next time you feel yourself feeling envious or disappointed or just plain discontent, just remember these three truths. Paul's secret, Jesus' promise, and your inheritance. And then, instead of complaining, give thanks. For more productivity from a Christian worldview, check out my weekly newsletter, Reagan's Roundup. Every Thursday, I share an insight along with the five best links I found that week that I think will help you in your journey to becoming a more productive Christian. It's totally free. Just go to newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com to sign up for Reagan's Roundup. That's newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com.